Welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Phoebe Richards. And I'm Grace Penzel. Whoa, how's it going, ladies? It's going great. I'm doing pretty spiffy. (laughs) (laughs) Spiffy or spliffy? Uh, it was it was spliffy. It's spliffy. It's spliffy. I was smoking Falcana once again because I had this amazing bud tender yesterday. I had had a really long day at work and I was really stressed out. I had to do mental health training for my job. So I was just like emotionally drained. I was having cramps and I stopped by the weed shop. The person was so down to help me. I got some like topical stuff that's like one to one to one CBD, CBG, THC. I got some tincture and then they just showed me all different kinds of weeds based on the vibe. I was saying I wanted to like chill out but not be couch locked and ended up getting um, some orange blossom. And it got me thinking... I want to shout out the bud tenders of the world, basically. Woo-woo! Shout out to the bud tenders. I knew that I wanted to talk about it tonight, so I asked Sophie of the Anything Bones podcast, our fellow stoner chick in arms. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod has done jingles for us, has made some of these wonderful jingles you've heard. She guested once. She guested once. You've heard her voice. She used to be a bud tender at an institution in Seattle (laughs) that shall not be named. And I asked her, what should people know about bud tenders? When they come to interact with them, what should they keep in mind? One thing being that it's always been a long day. Bud tenders can deal with a lot of harassment or just like rude people. And generally speaking, it's likely that they know more about the weed they're selling than you do. So, you know, listen to what they have to say. They could actually really find you some good stuff. And I think most importantly, the principle she was talking about was like, if you treat your bud tender like a homie, they'll treat you like a homie. You know, and what is more fun than going into a weed store and having a like awesome conversation with the person who's like showing you different joints and different flower and like that's such an awesome connection when it's fun. Yes. I mean, obviously, when they're not like totally slammed, I think also respecting time, but that also part of treating them like a homie is to show them love and love for a service worker is cash so yeah give me some tips on tips tips on tips (laughs) i was asking sophie what she thought like tipping conventions should be for everyone out there who does have access to a bud tender. And she was saying what I was kind of thinking, which is always make sure if you're getting a round amount of cash to remember to ask for like a five and five ones, or if it's a place that takes cards, like remember to bring some cash in with you. And for every item, every $10, let's say, tip at least a dollar. So if someone spends time helping you get like three to five things and you're spending like over 50 bucks, have three to five bucks for them. And yeah, so I would like to name today when this episode comes out, which will be June 3rd, Tip Your Bud Tender Day. Aww. National Tip Your Bud Tender Aww. Day. So June 3rd. Go out, tip your bud tender today. And and that's, yeah, just wanted to spread that message. So thank you, Sophie, for your input and your service. I back that very much. I worked in a bakery for a long time, and I think sometimes... 
when people haven't worked in customer service and especially with like counter type jobs, you don't always think percentage is great. But if someone came in and bought one hundred dollar pie, if they tip 20 percent, I would honestly be like, wow, because I put it in a box and hand it to them. But sometimes people would come in and buy like thirty five dollars of cookies, but they would want me to explain every kind of cookie to them. And they would want, you know, a very specific layout in the box. And then when they wouldn't tip well, it was like, wow, I just spent so long helping you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, thinking as far as how many items, how much assistance you needed along with price is is a great thing for just for those that haven't worked in customer service that maybe don't always think about that stuff. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And even if you only got one little thing, like just have a dollar, you know? Mm -hmm, Exactly. So, yes, National Tip Your Bud Tender Day, and I think it's time we're going to try a new segment. I'm uh, Steph and Phoebe are taking these ones, so I'm it's completely new for me. So what have we got? Well, our new segment is called Stoner Chicks Going International. Lead around the world. Around the world, around the world, weed around the world, around the world. Stoner trips going international. (laughs) Weed around the world. (laughs) All right, so this is a new segment that Steph and I came up with together. So it Mm -hmm. is a Phoebe and Stephanie segment, and we thought it would be interesting to highlight or look into and talk about different uh, weed activity in different parts of the world. So for today, (laughs) our first one, we're focusing on Mexico. Now, there is so much to cover in this topic that this is just a very baseline researched overview and then uh, that I'm going to give. And then Steph's going to go ahead and do a little focused items that she focused on. (laughs) All righty. In case folks don't know, weed became legal in Mexico on June 28th, 2021. So very exciting. A quick brief history. Cannabis was made illegal in Mexico in 1920, which was 10 years before it became illegal here in the States. And when looking into it, there was a pretty similar sort of propaganda making it, you know, a lot of prisoners were smoking cannabis at that time. And they sort of made it seem like, ooh, you know, you smoke weed and these bad things happen. And a lot they saw that the propaganda was that a lot of indigenous people would smoke it. And so very similar to when it was made illegal here, they sort of like did the whole like scary immigrants coming over with cannabis. So we need to make it illegal. And in Mexico, it was uh, indigenous people and criminals smoke it. So just interesting that the propaganda has a lot of similarities. Uh, In 2009, they decriminalized having small amounts of marijuana. So they tried to stop going after just like people that had like dime bags in their pocket and to focus more on large amounts that were being sold. In 2017, medical use for THC under 1% was made legal. So you could buy items, but it had to have under 1% THC. And then in March 10th, 2021, the Chamber of Deputies passed a bill legalizing it. But then for months, it just got held up between like their Congress until finally the Supreme Court stepped in. And 
made it legal. And that was, as I said, in June 2021. And it passed in a vote of eight to three. And so now I believe they're in the process of it is legalized, but there's not a lot set up of how you can buy it. So they're sort of in that in-between of it's been legalized, but they're still sort of working out how that's actually going to work for citizens trying to buy it. It will be uh, 18 and over. It will be legal. And the president seems to be behind it from everything I read. Well, I mean, it'll certainly shake things up because there's a huge like history of war and violence that comes with the drug trade. I don't know if you guys are going to talk about that. The cartel, there's fascinating articles I was looking into. That is such a huge topic that, yeah, I felt that is not what I am getting into, though it will be very interesting to see what happens over time with the cartels and with the what sounds like, you know, absolutely horrific murder rate and violence over there that's very linked to the cartel. But it's sort of a dark topic, so we don't need to get more into it. I mean, that's Mexico and weed. Yeah, I had started to, I was going to do a part on the cartels and the violence, and it was just such a dark road that I was like, I don't want to get into this. And felt very, um, getting into like me not feeling like I have the information to Like, I would need to do really good research because a lot of the stuff I was reading is a lot. And I think kind of why they're in those gray areas. There's a lot of fear of the cartel retaliating. But there's just so much political sides to that that, like, even when I was researching, that just made me feel like not understanding which side. If I were in Mexico, I might feel one way. And I didn't know how to find the information that helped me know sort of which sides I would agree with. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it's important to acknowledge that. Yeah. Because you can't separate Mexico and its relationship to weed from all that cartel stuff. Right. It's interesting to think about. I thought I was going to more focus in on like what it would be like for visitors to Mexico. Like, how are they trying to sell it right now? Like, what's going on right now with weed in Mexico. And so I have an article from Leafly. It's a visitor's guide to not quite legal weed in Mexico, written just in December of 2021 by Matha Busby. You've read the headlines. Mexico's Supreme Court strikes down marijuana prohibition. Now you're heading to Mexico anticipating a legally elevated vacation. Not so fast, they say. (laughs) Personal possession of up to five grams of cannabis is now legal in theory. And the pungent aroma of marijuana does seem to be more common as Mexico inches towards legalizing cannabis. But the failure of lawmakers to officially legalize means cannabis consumers in some places still face persecution and the possibility of police blackmail if they're found in possession. In other words, what the Supreme Court determines and what you may encounter in a face-to-face with a local cop are two different things. And there are places where... Um, I'm not reading from the article right now, but there are places that they're openly smoking weed. There's a zone to be safe from police, such as outside the Senate building in Mexico City, where a permanent smoke up stationed itself in protest two years ago. And it still continues to this day. A permanent smoke up? Yeah, it's really cool. In my high school, there was the S-Wing. And that's what like the kids who smoked cigarettes and weed went and hung out in the (laughs) S-Wing. And it was just a parking lot that always had people smoking. So is this just like space that everyone's just always smoking weed in? I think it's a space where everyone's just smoking weed in and it's okay. It's I think it's in a park. 
It's just outside the Senate building in Mexico City. It's just outside the Senate building? Yeah. It was a permanent smoke-up stationed itself in protest two years ago and still continues to this day. Gotcha. According to Leafly. And now according to us. (laughs) Now according to us. But purchasing is still very much a gray area like Phoebe was talking about. There's no real legal places to purchase marijuana. However, some larger cities are now hosting a growing gray market of dispensaries, cafes, spas, massage studios, and even restaurants where you can purchase and smoke THC products. These businesses don't advertise in the magazines, though, and discovering their location usually requires a one-on-one conversation with a 420-friendly local. Mm-hmm. Mexico's emerging gray market dispensaries tend to be known by word of mouth, although some advertise with varying degrees of surreptitiousness on social media. Dispensaries tend to distribute their menus via encrypted messaging platforms and are more likely to only deliver with just those known to the owners able to visit the premises. Street dealers mm-hmm. are likely to pro- propose an inflatable price in the first instance, and bartering is common. Wow. Um, so that's kind of the gray area it's at. I remember in Seattle, when we were in our gray area, there was still places you could buy weed, but it wasn't necessarily legal, but no one was doing anything about it essentially. Yeah. Broccoli Talk is a podcast um, from Broccoli Magazine. Mm-hmm. And one of the women who hosts it, Menle, has a cannabis company in Mexico called Chula. And so she must be working with the recent legalization down there. And I think it's been a long process from what I understand. Yeah, it that's what it seems like for like over a year it was in this had been passed, but not passed. And now it has been passed by their Supreme Court, but it sounds like it's still that same gray area. It does remind me of Seattle when we were in the gray area, which is interesting because we were in the gray area because it was like the it's still federally illegal and states were just figuring out what it meant for them to be legal. And so it's interesting what will happen in Mexico because it's now federally legal, but they're still in a gray area. That's wild. That's very interesting. September 2020, a cannabis garden sprouting next to Mexico's Senate building has become a smoker's paradise. The cannabis seeds sowed in a plaza by Mexico's Senate by pro-marijuana activists in February have mushroomed into strikingly large plants and become symbolic of a drive to legalize marijuana, which ended up happening in a nation riven by drugs-related violence. Being able to smoke here in the garden in freedom is very important to me, said Marco Flores. <laughs> so anyway, and that uh, he never go, he no longer goes out in the streets of in fear. So that's really cool stuff. Thanks for telling me about that. <laughs> yeah, I want to go join that protest. Yeah, that's, that's rad. <laughs> so that's what to expect if you were to visit Mexico expecting a smorgasbord of marijuana that's not going to happen. It's pretty much still in a very beginning stages and they're not they haven't quite worked out the infrastructure in order to facilitate legalizing of the sell of weed and who's going to farm it. Yeah, I read that 40 percent is allowed to be farmed by farmers. And then there's sort of still a gray area with what the other 60 percent will be. I have another article to share with you guys, but I'll do that after the smoke break. I think this is a good time for anyone that needs to take a smoke break to take a little smoke break. Is it a good time? Great. I think it's a good time. Hey, you guys. Do you think it might be a good time? <laughs> yeah, take a smoke break. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
right, you can come back in now, stoners. I know you've been out there smoking. I'm about to toke up myself, but we're so happy to be back with you, and I'm happy to be learning about weed and Mexico in this edition of International Stoners weed around the world. (laughs) Stephanie, I'll turn it back over to you. Why, thank you, Grace. I have another article here (laughs) off of PlayaDelCarmen.com, which is a travel website for Cancun and Playa del Carmen. Great. And they are talking about weed and what it means for the proposed legislation. The article is called Legal Weed in Mexico by 2022. Everything You Need to Know by Sarah Barlow. And this was just written in April. One of the most recent articles I could really actually find about kind of tourism and explaining what it means to us silly Americans, what's going on um, in Mexico with the proposed legalization, the proposed legislation, excuse me. Legal weed in Mexico, the proposed legislation. As it stands, this new legislation proposes that the farming and production companies will have access to 40% of the cultivation licenses that will be handed out, as Phoebe said earlier, which also begs the question where the where's the 60% go. The legislation also grants users their permit to possess up to 28 grams and grow up to six plants at home or eight if there are two consumers of legal age living at the same residence. Nice. Yeah. Sales to adults and authorized businesses would be allowed, provided the product abides by maximum levels of psychoactive ingredients. Children under 18 would be prohibited from using the drug or any involvement in its cultivation and sales. And then driving under the influence of marijuana would be illegal. So that's kind of what the proposed legislation will say if it gets passed. I think it's supposed to be this winter is when it comes through. Wow. Well, fuck. It's all happening around us. I hadn't even thought about it. Yeah. Senators voted 82 to 18 to approve the measure. And so that's pretty good. That's that eight to three. Yeah. That's like algebra math. That's like (laughs) algebra levels of math. That's like statistics and calculus. Well, thanks, Steph. The next year, I don't know why I'm throwing out, I'm going to throw out year. It will be interesting to see what Mexico does and what happens there. Of course, since we share a border, the ways that affects us. I mean, I think a lot of the same issues travel back and forth and kind of feed each other. So... Well, it will be interesting because we'll have Canada that's legalized weed federally as well and Mexico below us. So we'll be like a little sandwich. And I wonder if that will motivate our own legislators to put it through federally. Who knows? Yeah, they're on the edge of it. They'll it's just one of those concessions. Anyway, greed, greed, greed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're almost there. We'll all be smoking weed. Hopefully legalization will benefit some people. I do not think the people at the top have pure motivations. My only hope is that some people who are lower down on the chain of power will be able to benefit from it. Hear, hear. And I hope that that's the same case with Mexico and Canada. Oh, Canada. Well, I think, Steph, am I correct? Are we done with this first segment of international stoners weed around the world well thanks guys that was great what a thrilling ride around the world around the world so for the second segment it's time for more trivia it's trivia time 
And so to stay in the theme of Mexico and also things that stoner chicks love, this is trivia all about animals of Mexico. Oh. Ooh, I love animals. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and start with some trivia about spider monkeys. Ooh. And just so you can see who we're about to be talking about, here's a cute <laughs> picture of one. Oh, my goodness. With their little prehensile tails. Okay, this is all true and false questions. We can just go every other. So, Grace. Spider monkeys live in large groups. True or false? True. Correct. Steph. Spider monkeys are matriarchal. Ooh, true? Yes. The female babies actually leave the nest and wander out and start new homes. And the baby boy monkeys usually stay back with their moms. And the female monkeys decide the size of the groups they're going to live in. And when there's enough people, they don't let any more join. How big do the gr- are the groups about? Do you know? Uh, up to 30. Wow. Yeah, I did know that fact, and I had to remind myself if that was in a coming up question. Yeah, there's up to 30, and I think they're generally bigger than 10. Holy moly. Yeah. I want a spider monkey colony. Grace, the true or false, the gestation period is three months. True. False. It is seven months, and they only have babies every four years. Wow. So they don't reproduce super quickly. And last question on the spider monkeys. Stephanie, true or false? Their poop is highly toxic, and the area the groups live in have low food sources as a result. Oh, false. Correct. It's the opposite. Their poop is super nutritional and makes the, their food sources grow in abundance and also for many other species around. Oh, go spider monkeys. In the little areas where the groups live, under the trees they sleep in, where they poop, it's like lush and tons of food. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, are we supposed to be keeping track of our scores? Because I didn't. Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just learning. All right, we're moving on to our second animal. This is a water animal. It's an oxalotl. 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 Is that right? Or axolotl. This next animal lives in the water, and it's an oxalotl. We think that's how you say say it. And here's a really cute picture of one. I love these creatures. I I think we're saying it wrong, but... Axolotl. Listen. Axolotl. 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 So it's a cute little fish that I feel became really popular. It's images on the internet a few years ago because I also remember seeing it because he always looks like he's smiling. It's a meme fish for sure. I did find out that most of the ones you see pictures of are in captivity and have been like messed with their genetics. And the ones in nature, which are almost extinct, tend to just be more brown and not quite as cute. Wait, they're almost extinct? Well, except they're very easy to reproduce in captivity. So there is a lot of them. I mean, is captivity the right word? They're popular pets and they're also used for a lot of medical stuff, which we can get into as we do the trivia. Okay, yay. Now this is going to be multiple choice. The axolotl can regenerate A, limbs, B, their jaw, C, parts of their brain, or D, all of the above. A. Limbs. All of the above. 
Grace is correct. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. They can even regenerate eyeballs and, uh, yeah, lots of parts. And that's why they're so heavily used in medical experiments. Experiments is not the right word. What do you call that? Trials? Trials and research in medicines because they have, like, so many regenerating abilities. What kinds of medicine are they used in? Right now, mostly it seemed like seizures and heart medicine. So I'm not really sure why that helps that because I'm not science minded. Uh I was like, are they trying to regenerate human eyeballs? But I don't (laughs) think that's what they're using it for yet. (laughs) That would be wild if they were doing that and we didn't know about it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The axolotl is an amphibian. At what age do they go through their metamorphosis? Is it A, six months, B, nine months, or C, never? Uh, A. Grace says six months. I say never. Stephanie is right, although I guess this is a slightly unfair question. They in nature never do. Even though they are able to go through metamorphosis, they do not release the gene to do that. But in captivity, people give it to them and then they do. So they never change from a tadpole? They never leave the water. They always keep their gills in the back of their neck and that's how they breathe and they never actually leave the water. But their bodies are able to to metamorphose and live out of the water. They just, for some reason, don't naturally go through. Whoa. Like, their body doesn't produce those hormones on their own. But in, like, I keep saying captivity. I don't really know if that's the right word. But, like, the pets and stuff, often they'll people will add it to them. The domesticated axolotls. Yeah. And then they will go through metamorphosis and be able to crawl out of the water. Holy fuck. <laughs> Holy fucking shit. That's the wildest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, it's the hormone is the word I wasn't using. Their bodies don't produce the hormone, but if you give inject them in the hormone, their bodies are capable of doing it. You inject your axolotl with, like, super serum that transforms it into something that breathes air? People do. That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. How do these amphibians locate food in the water? Is it A, smell, B, sound, or C, sight? Sound. Smell. It is smell, (gasps) which surprised me underwater. Yeah. And how long do they live? Also, how big do they get? 50 years they live and get two and a half feet? Or 10 years... And they get over a foot. Ten years over a foot. Yeah, that one. That's correct. (laughs) The other (laughs) one is crazy. It's a silly question. (laughs) That is ten and a half feet long. No, I was saying ten and a half years. Wait. I thought you said 50 years and ten and a half feet. Two and a half feet. Oh. (laughs) In my head... Reading that question out loud now is just like a lot of numbers. (laughs) So moving on, we're almost done. Okay, next we have the jaguar. Ooh, jaguar. They like getting high. And I'm sure you don't need to see a picture of them, but... Oh, pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty boy. I love jaguar. So spotty. All righty. Jaguars kill most often with a lethal bite to their preys. A, neck. B, back of head, or C, chest? Neck. Neck. 
It's back of head. Their teeth, oh, their teeth no. can bite through skull. Oh. How wild. That's how they're able to kill animals bigger than them. Oh, my God. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> you said you love them. I do, but it's so scary. When breeding, jaguars mate up to A, five times a day. <gasps> B, once a day for seven days. <laughs> or C, 100 times a day. Uh, five times a day. <laughs> These jaguars be fucking a hundred times a day. That is correct, Grace. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> These horny motherfuckers are Isn't fucking that wild. That's just constant. Then I know. That's and they don't just stop be, just to eat. They have to eat. Then they gotta fuck. Do they sleep? We don't know. For seven days, you say that is that no? That happens? was just one day. One that I threw in. This is just when mating. I don't know for how many days. I didn't see that fact. It's oh. probably more than one. Once for... a day for seven days is a very funny, funny option. <laughs> I like that a lot. <laughs> Once a day for seven days, and on the eighth day they were pregnant. Okay. Last but not least is the coitus. Do you know the coitus? I know the coitus. The fucking. That's what it sounds like. But do you? I had never heard of it. What? It's part raccoon, or not, it's not part raccoon. It sort of looks like a raccoon. <laughs> you said it. I, I didn't Own mean it. it looks like a raccoon and an anteater. Oh. Oh, this is an animal called coitus? Oh, sorry, was I not clear there? No. No, I thought you were talking about fucking. Cut. Go back. No, 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 no. But uh, no, I derived it from context clues, but Steph was not on board. But now we know, and it's okay. Oh, it's got a tiny skinny little nose and a striped little tail kind of looks like a lemur it does all right true or false the male coitus live solitary lives true or false true it is true the females all live together and then the males live by themselves oh no when mating the male coitus will mate with every female member of the pack up to 30 true True. Oh, boy. I feel like this has red flags and dysfunction written all over it. <laughs> and then last, true or false, they eat crocodile eggs. <gasps> um, true? It is true, but they are also often eaten by crocodiles. <laughs> oh, so they go to steal the eggs and the crocodile's like... <laughs> yeah, or they eat the egg and then it's revenge. The crocodile eats them. And that's the end of Trivia Time by Phoebe. We learned that jaguars like to fuck. Like to fuck. Like to fuck. Thanks for listening, stoners. We've been stoner chicks and you've been great. <laughs> we hope that you have wonderful rests of your nights and we'll be here just dreaming of a better tomorrow. <laughs> is that a depressing thing to say? I, well, that you saying that is because you clearly don't think there's going to be a better tomorrow. <laughs> no, I do think that tomorrow is going to be better than today and tomorrow after that and tomorrow after that. And any world is good with you in it, stoners. I'm oh. digging myself into a hole. You are my best friends. I miss Kayla. Did we? We never acknowledge that Kayla isn't with us. We didn't. Who? 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 
Who is that? Oh, that that old gem. She's partying in Las Vegas. She doesn't deserve a shout out from us. You go to Vegas. Well, what happens there, we'll never know because we forgot you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what you can do is please. Who, me? Visit, no, our listeners. Visit our website <laughs> and we have all sorts of links there to find us on social media. We have a lot of stuff going on over at Stoner Chicks Podcast on Instagram. You can email your high thoughts to Stephanie, dear Stephanie, at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com. Also on our website, stonerchickspodcast.com, have uh, links to upcoming shows that we have. We have a newsletter. If you want to support our show, you can go to to patreon.com slash stonerchicks. We have lots of bonus content over there and a Zoom smoke sesh every month. And mostly, I would love to ask that if you liked this episode, if you've liked previous episodes that you listened to, tell a friend. We have been grown simply from social media and people telling other people that they're listening to this podcast. So do that. And if you feel good about us, hit up Spotify and Apple podcast to give us a nice little rating and review. And besides that, we love you all very, very much. So much. Hey, Stephanie, what do stoner chicks always say? Jaguars like a fucking as much as I like a smoking. And that's a lesson for us all. Because I smoke about as much as a jaguar fucks a day. A hundred times. hundred times. Tip your butt tender. Tip, Tip your, your butt, butt tender. tender.